So how many of you know that like when you're at a gym, there's all kinds of different spotters. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's all kinds of different spotters, right? I, I mean, I'll, there's, there's one that I call the, the too close spotter. Like, like they're, they're over you or I'll see sometimes like this girl that's like squatting and like a guy's like almost right up on her, like, like, you know, helping the weight go down. And I'm like, if my daughter is ever, I mean, please, if my daughter ever has a guy like spotting her, would you please tell me so, so that I can destroy that guy? Um, so, so there's the, there, there's the, what I call the too close spotter. Okay. They're, they're right up on someone. They're, they're, they're right up over the person and, uh, it, it's just uncomfortable. It, it's weird to watch. Then, then you've got the guy that it's like, uh, it's still my turn spotter and, and they're spotting the person, but they're like lifting all of the weight for the person. Like, like it's still their turn. Like they're going to go even it's their turn, whether they're spotting or not. And so they're, they're going to lift all, all of the weight for the person that, that's, that's lifting. And then you got like the person, they don't know whose turn it is spotting because they're not paying attention. And so they're, they're, the person's like lifting and they're struggling, you know, or whatever, or maybe they're, they're, they're in the, in the weights, like, you know, pressing down on them. And, and the person that's supposed to be spotting them, the person that's supposed to be helping them is like nowhere to be found because they don't know whose turn it is. And then, and then you've got, uh, the, the, the person uh, that I call like the yelling spotter. Like I saw this literally the other day, like at the gym, like two guys were lifting and, um, instead of like being there to help take the weight, the guy was just walking around like, yeah, get it. Like, get like, you're not done. Get another one. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like that's the, the yelling spotter. But the point of the spotter, okay. If you go to the gym, you, you know this, okay? The point of the spotter is to lift the weight that you can't lift on your own. Like that's the point of a spotter. Like if it's, if you're in trouble or you can't lift the weight, the spotter like helps you out of the situation that, that you couldn't do on your own. And so if you've got a spotter, you will attempt to do things that you wouldn't do without the spotter, okay? And sometimes, okay, you will attempt to do things that you shouldn't be attempting, right? If you have the spotter, if you don't have the spotter, you won't attempt some of those things. Like, like some of you, you'll do the, uh, the one rep max. Okay. And, and if you, you do that, you normally do that with a spotter. If you don't have a spot, you're not going to even try that because you're fearful for your life. I saw this guy one time try to do a, a one rep max squatting and he didn't have a spotter. Uh, he didn't have like the, 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 the guards up. And so it was going down and literally he bent over forwards with the bar, like on his neck and he was going down, still trying to get it like back up. And I was like, no dude, just go down. Just, just go to the ground. Like, like you're, you're going to kill yourself. Okay. Because he didn't have the spotter in place. And here's, what's amazing. God has done the same thing for us. Like he's provided a way for in us and through us for us to be able to do things that we could never do on our own. In other words, in, in one sense, he's provided a spotter for us. It's called the Holy spirit. And a lot of us, we don't really know what to think about the Holy Spirit. Like if you've been in church for very long, like you're, it's kind of a weird concept. Like you're not too sure about this Holy Spirit because, because there's some people that like take it way too far. And then there's other people that don't even ever mention the words Holy Spirit because they're like scared, like something's going to happen to them or, or it's some kind of weird thing. But God has provided a way that, that he's given us that in us and through us, he's given us the ability to do things we could never do on our own. He's blessed us with his Holy Spirit. And so I want to show you more what I'm, what, what I'm talking about. Go to Ephesians chapter one. 
And uh, if you don't have a Bible, go to RaiderChurch.com on your phone. You can follow along with us. Uh, the, the verses and the points are there so that you can take them with you and keep them. So RaiderChurch.com, select sermon notes, and you can follow along with us. But if you got a Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, tonight we are finishing a series we've been in called Treat Yourself. It's based on uh, the, the idea in Parks and Rec uh, that where a couple of the characters would go out uh, once a year, I think, and would treat themselves to all kinds of shoes and clothes and mimosas and all kinds. I mean, just all kinds of different stuff they would treat themselves to. And so one of the things we've been saying in this series is the world in our culture constantly is preaching to us from all different kinds of mediums what it looks like to be blessed. But what we've said in the series is what we have or don't have can change in a second. It can change with a phone call. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to view our life as blessed or not based upon what we have or we don't have. So what does it look like to be blessed? Has God blessed us? Does he want to bless you? That's what we've been looking at in this series. And so in week one, we kind of did an overview just on the book of Ephesians and Ephesians chapter one and all these verses that we've been reading. We said the, the section that we've been covering in this series is called the, is known by scholars as the Grand Canyon of scripture. It's like the Mount Everest or the Swiss Alps, Swiss Alps of scripture where Paul is just trying to overwhelm this church at Ephesus. That's why it's called Ephesians. It's a letter written to this church. He's just wanting to overwhelm them with the goodness of God in all the ways that God has blessed us. So in week one, we said that we've been adopted by the father. And that's one of the ways that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It says in the, in the heavenly realm, we've been adopted into this family by the father. Last week we said, that by the son, we've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. We have redemption through the son, through Jesus. And now this week, we're going to see the ways that God has blessed us by giving us his spirit. So Ephesians chapter one, let's dive in and look at who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? And why has he given us his Holy Spirit? So let's go. Ephesians one, we're going to pick up in verse 13, which is just where we left off from last week. And it says this, Paul writes, and you also were included in Christ. How amazing in this. Some of us, we've always felt excluded or alone. But we said even in week one, we've been adopted into this new family. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got this new family, this new spiritual family, and you are included. Maybe you were always the, the last one chosen, you know, for the football team or the, the baseball team or, or, wh or whatever it might have been. And, but, but in Christ, you are included. You're a part of this club. You're a part of this church family. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've you got a new spiritual family that you've been included into. So you also, you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now watch this. Look what happens next. When you believed, like when you gave your life to Jesus, you were marked in Christ with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, the Bible says here, Paul writes that we've been given the Holy Spirit when we follow Jesus and it's a deposit and it's guaranteeing our redemption one day in heaven. So, so let me kind of break that down for you. Um, many of you know what it means to put a deposit down on something. Like if you got a, a, a apartment or a rent house, um, you or your family, uh, depending upon your financial situation, um, some of us are like, 
I had to put that deposit down. Others of us like, what's a deposit? So um, your, your parents paid it for you. You just didn't know. So, um, so there's this thing called a deposit. And the deposit, when you put your deposit down, it guarantees your spot. So for example, this summer, some of you know, I've, I've talked about it a lot because we had an amazing time. Uh, my wife and I went on our 15 year anniversary trip this summer. And um, so, so it was our 15 year anniversary. So I thought, you know, we're, gonna, we're going all out. Um, and so we got this like uh, all inclusive uh, vacation uh, down in, uh, in Mexico, south of Cancun. It was incredible. It was like a, a second honeymoon, like in every sense in every sense of the term. Like, I'm just telling you, like, it was incredible, okay? So, so, but to book this vacation, okay, I had to put a deposit down, all right? And so the deposit guaranteed our spot at this resort. We didn't put all of the money down up front, okay? We, we paid it out over like six or nine months, but we put down a deposit, like some money up front, and that guaranteed our reservation at that resort. Well, the Bible says, Paul says, in the same way, when you gave your life to Jesus, God placed his spirit within you as a deposit and it's guaranteeing your redemption one day in heaven. Now, it's gonna make more sense as we continue to go, but one of the ways you can be sure that when you die, you're going to heaven is that you know God's spirit is in you. And we'll talk about what that looks like and, and you'll be able to kind of identify as we go, whether that's true for you or not. But one of the ways we know and we can be convinced that this is true, that the gospel is true and that when I die, I'm right with God, the Bible calls that being righteous and I'm going to heaven is because I know God's spirit is within me and it's a deposit guaranteeing my spot one day in heaven. So we're going to dive in and look at what the Holy Spirit is, who it is, what it does and, and why we've been given God's spirit. So first of all, who is the Holy Spirit? Who, who we're going to look at who, what, when, where, and why almost all of it. Okay. So who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God living inside of you if you're a follower of Jesus. It's the presence of God. It's God's spirit. It's his presence inside of the follower of Jesus. Now, God's desire has always been to be with his people. So we see it in Genesis where God's walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, right? It says that he would walk with them in the cool of the day. He wanted to be in relationship. That's why he created people. God exists in community as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so because he exists in community, that's in his nature, that's in his character, he creates people. And so he wants a people to be in relationship with. And so he creates Adam, he creates Eve, and he, the Bible says he would walk with them in the cool of the day in the garden. He would hang out with them. He would talk with them. He would chat with them. Well, then they sin. That separates them from their relationship with God. But God's desire still is to be with his people. It's to pursue his people no matter how much they sin or rebel or turn away from him or reject him. God's desire is to be in relationship with his people. So he comes with Moses and he gives the, the law. He gives the Ten Commandments. And, and we see the establishment in the Old Covenant or the Old Testament, that this sacrificial system and the beginning of this tabernacle, which was this tent that Israel had. And 
before they, they even had the tabernacle, God would meet with, would, would meet with Moses, like even on Mount Sinai. And you, and you read about the glory of God, like descending upon this mountain as God met with Moses. And it says that like, it looked like this cloud, like the presence of God looked like this cloud or this fire that like descended upon the mountain. And it must've been an awesome thing to watch because as Israel would see Moses meet with God on this mountain on Mount Sinai, they would literally like fall to their knees in worship because they saw like, like God descend in the form of a cloud and fire, like descend upon a mountain and meet with Moses. I mean, how amazing is that? And then in the tabernacle, which was this tent, they called it the tent of meeting that went with them wherever they went on their journeys. The Bible says in Exodus 33, at one point, Moses goes into the tabernacle and he's meeting with God and God literally comes down like his presence, his glory descends upon the tent of meeting where, where Moses is and, and God's in this tent meeting with, with Moses. And the Bible says that Joshua, Moses' assistant, like sees all of this, like, like sees the, the, the cloud come down and the glory of the Lord fill this, this tabernacle, this, uh, this tent and meet with Moses. And it says that even after Moses left, Joshua stood behind and he just stayed there. I mean, imagine if you'd been there, right? You see... This, this cloud come down, like this, this fiery cloud come down and fill this tent and hear this voice speaking with Moses. I mean, this, this was what they saw. And so the Bible says, even after Moses left Joshua, who had become the future leader of Israel, would stay behind in just awe at what just happened. He just saw God fill this tabernacle. They would create a temple where the same thing would happen, where God would come down and meet with the high priest. And, 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 and before that, when, when Israel was wandering around the desert, the Bible says that they were led literally, physically by God's presence in the form of a cloud during the day and fire by night. It was the presence of God leading them, guiding them, meeting with them, speaking with them. We see Jesus in the New Testament, literally the, the son of God with his people walking this earth, doing life with his people and saying he was the image of the invisible God. He was the, the physical presence of God here on earth, walking in relationship with his people. And then Jesus said to his disciples, hey guys, I'm gonna be crucified. Um, I'm going to rise again, and then I'm going to, I'm going to be going back to heaven. And the Bible says in, in John 14 that they were really distressed by this. I mean, imagine you, you've been doing life with this guy, like this is supposed to be the Messiah. This is supposed to be the son of God. And now he's telling you, Hey, I, I'm, I'm leaving and they're upset. And then Jesus says this, no, no, no. It's better if I go because one is coming, the Holy spirit who will be with you who will be inside of you, who will literally dwell within you. And so Jesus says, I'm, I'm going, they're upset by it. And Jesus says, no, 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 you don't understand. It's better if I go, because when I go, there's one coming who will live and dwell. Are, are, you, are you catching this? Inside of you. 
Now imagine being an Israelite and all you've known and all you've thought about and all you've read about in the old covenant is this pillar of fire that would lead your people by night, this cloud that would lead the people by day that would come and would fill the tabernacle, would fill the temple. I mean, imagine Jesus saying like, guys, that all of that, like the presence and the glory of God, like when I go, when I go, that is going to come, the presence of God, and fill you and indwell you. Paul would tell the Corinthians, he said, You now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Can you, I mean, are you catching this? Like, do you get this? Like as a follower of Jesus, Paul says, you and I are now a temple of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God living and dwelling inside of us. That's what you've received. The glory and the presence and the power of God living inside of you. So why? Why has God done this? You know, the disciples were probably perplexed about it too. Like, why are you going? You're saying there's one coming and it's better, but, but, but why? Why is this going to happen? Well, if you look back in Ephesians 1, Paul said this, that it was the promised Holy Spirit. Like if you look back, you read in the verses we just read, Paul said, the promised Holy Spirit is the one who's coming and you will receive the promised Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus. So Paul said, it's the promised Holy Spirit. See, what you got to understand is that all throughout the old covenant, it was prophesied that there would be one who would come and take what the Bible says, or what the prophets say, our heart of stone out of us and would give us a heart of flesh. In other words, a heart that was sensitive to God and what God wanted. So in the old covenant, we have the 10 commandments and the sacrificial, we have all this external pressure and these external commands was, were, were, were the ways that they were relating to God or in relationship with God. But the prophets all the way throughout the old covenant would say, listen, that's the way it is right now. But one is coming in the new covenant, there's a new covenant coming. There's a new way that God's going to relate to his people, be in relationship with people. And in, in, in the new covenant, he's going to take your heart of stone out, like a heart that's hard to God. And he's going to, God's going to replace it with a heart of flesh that's sensitive to God and what God wants. So that's the, the new covenant. And then here's what they said next about this new covenant that God would place his spirit within us and move us to keep all of his righteous decrees. So in the old covenant, we've got external commands, external pressure. In the new covenant, God places his spirit within us and he moves us from the inside. He changes us from the inside out by changing our hearts. So watch this. We no longer follow God from external demands. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought that was Christianity. No, no, no. I thought that's what, I thought that's what church was. It was all these external commands and demands and rules I was supposed to follow. No, 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 you were, you were told wrong. 
Someone led you astray. You got the wrong impression. You see, in the new covenant, this covenant of grace, we no longer follow God from external demands, but from an internal desire. Because when God places his spirit within a follower of Jesus, their heart changes. He takes the heart of stone out that doesn't care about God, that rejects God, that rebels against God, and he puts a heart of flesh inside of them. In other words, he places his spirit within us, the prophets would say, and he will move us to keep all of his righteous decrees. So we no longer follow God or, or pursue God or, or worship God because there's an outside pressure or there's this outside force like pushing me to do that. No, no, no. There's an internal desire. My heart has changed. My desires have changed. I want to follow Jesus. I want to worship Jesus. I want to love Jesus and obey Jesus because there's been a heart change with it. My desires have changed. My passions have changed. Because he's placed his spirit within me and he's moving me now from the inside out. My heart has changed. And that's what the prophet said would happen. That in this new covenant, our hearts would change. We would have new desires. When we give our life to Jesus, Paul said, you receive the Holy Spirit and now you're changed from the inside out. And now you want to follow God and love God and worship God and serve God. You, you, you just want to. You couldn't even maybe explain, but now you just have these desires because everything has changed from the inside out. So who, who, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the, the presence of God. Why? Because we needed a heart change. When did this happen? It happened when you gave your life to Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus. Paul said it right here. You received the Holy Spirit when you believed. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, when you believed, you received the Holy Spirit and there was a heart change inside of you. And the things that you used to like doing, you, you don't necessarily like doing those things. anymore. The things that used to excite you, maybe they don't excite you as much anymore. Now new things excite you. Now, like I want to go to church. Like I didn't want to do that before, but, but now I do because I want to be a part of this new community, this new spiritual family that I'm a part of, that I'm just drawn to for some reason. I don't really understand it. I can't really explain, but I'm drawn to these people because they they love Jesus and have the spirit too. Now I want to worship and sing songs to Jesus. Now I want to tell other people about Jesus. Now I want to read the Bible because all my desires have changed from the inside out ever since I gave my life to Christ. Doesn't mean I don't struggle. Doesn't mean I don't fall, but it does mean my heart has changed. And when I sin, when I struggle, when I fall, and I still do all the time, my heart breaks over that sin because God hearts break and his spirit's inside of me. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to turn from that sin and I want to get right back to following Jesus because his spirit is within me, moving me and changing me. So now what does the Holy Spirit do? We've talked about it some, but Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, he said, when you believe, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power. The Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you and you will receive power. Now in Greek, that word is dunamis. It's like dynamite. It's that kind of explosive power. It's not some kind of weak little fire, firecracker, kind of black cat kind of, no, no, no. This is like dynamite type 
power. It's an explosive kind of power that we've received. And so Paul said, you, you, when he, he was talking to Timothy, his disciple, he said, listen, you haven't received a, a spirit that makes you timid or shrink back. You, you've received the, the Holy Spirit. It's a powerful spirit. It's a dynamite-like spirit. It explodes inside of you. And so we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit for many things. And we're going to talk about some of those things tonight. So we've been empowered, first of all, by the spirit to share. We are empowered to share. Jesus said in Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon and you will be my witnesses. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you want other people to know about Jesus. You want other people to be set free from sin, just like you were. And so we receive this power to share. I wouldn't have done it before. I didn't want to talk about Jesus before, but now I I have a desire to share about Jesus. I might not always do it. I may not do it every time God prompts me to do it, but now there's a desire to share and I've received the, the power to do it. The best example of this is Peter. Peter, you may remember, was the one who denied Christ, right? I mean, he got scared. Jesus is being arrested and and, and taken away. And and it says that the Bible says that Peter was following at a distance. And and so when they begin to question him and say, hey, aren't you one of his followers? He's like, no, 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 that's, that's not me. He got scared. He was fearful. Many of us have been there before. But after Jesus is risen from the dead and Jesus and Peter have their meeting where Jesus asks him if he loves him. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. And, and Jesus says, okay, you're going to go feed my sheep. You're going to go feed my lambs. And, and then in Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes, Peter receives the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, it says that Peter then filled with the Holy Spirit. I love this. It says he stood up, he raised his voice and he addressed this crowd of thousands. And the same people that he had denied Christ to, he stands up, he raises his voice and and he addresses this crowd. He says, you are the ones that put Jesus on the cross. It was you. He was scared before, but now he's received the Holy Spirit. He's got this explosive dynamite like power inside of him. And now he's standing up. He's raising his voice. He's boldly proclaiming the gospel and sharing about what Jesus has done. Acts three, Peter and John have been arrested and they're standing before this Sanhedrin, the ruling spiritual leaders. And they're about to, they're going to throw them in prison. They're warning them, Hey, stop talking about Jesus. Quit speaking about him. And there's, they, 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 here's how they respond to people who could beat them and kill them. They said this, listen, we can't stop speaking about him. Like, I know you're telling us to stop, but we're just going to tell you right now. We can't stop. We can't help but talk about Jesus and what he's done for us. And they beat them anyways. And they continued to share about Jesus and what he had done for them. They would not stop. They could not stop because they had received the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit empowered them to go and share about what Jesus had done for them. And in case you're like, man, I could never do what Peter does. I can't do what you do. I I could never do that. Listen, I get that. Most of the time in the scripture, when people are sharing, people whose lives have been changed and turned around, whether it's because of Jesus or, or Paul's ministry or Peter's ministry, they just went and told people they knew their story about what Jesus had done for them. That's what it was. It, they, they were sharing 
about what they had experienced, about what Jesus had done for them and the way their life had been changed. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're empowered to share. Next, we've got a long list. So if you're writing all this down or you go online and you can follow along, but, but we're next, we're empowered to serve. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, he says this, that when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit gave you a gift to serve the church, to serve the body of Christ. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you just need to know that tonight you have a gift. God, through the Holy Spirit, has given you a gift to serve in the church. And Paul said that the reason you've received that gift is so that we are all mutually encouraged and built up by that gift. You see, a lot of times in a lot of churches today, there's only a couple of people using their gifts and we go and we watch and we participate and we learn from those gifts and that, that's great. But the Bible says, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're a family. None of us is more important than the other because through the Holy Spirit, you have a gift and you're supposed to be using your gift to serve and to build up the church as well. And so part of your growth in Christ is figuring out with other followers of Jesus. Where am I gifted? What has God gifted me to do to serve in his church and to help build up the body of Christ? So we've been empowered to serve. Next, we've been empowered to hear. In the old covenant, there was only a couple people who heard from God and then they were the voice to all the people. They were the, the priests and, and the high priests. They heard from God and then they would communicate the message from God to all the people. That's not the way it is in the new covenant. We may think that's still the way it is and we kind of act like that's the way it is sometimes that only one person hears from God and then this person, that person communicates the word of God to everyone, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. You see, the Bible says that you've received the Holy Spirit. We call it the priesthood of the believer. And so every single one of you, because you have the Holy Spirit, you're a priest. And you get to hear from God directly. Henry Blackaby said in his study called Experiencing God, he said this, we, the, that God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit in four different ways. Through the Bible, through prayer, through the church, the body of Christ, and through our circumstances. God wants to speak to you. Jesus said that in this new covenant and through the Holy Spirit, that we would all be taught by God. We would all hear from God. So you may not have realized this, but God has a message for you. He wants to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, he speaks to you through the Holy Spirit. He moves you by impressing your heart in a certain way or in a certain direction. And usually you, you feel that from the Holy Spirit when you're reading God's word or when someone's telling you about God's word or when you're in prayer or when you are worshiping or when through your circumstances, you start to feel like God's telling you something or leading you in a certain way. That's God's spirit speaking to you. And as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, you begin to recognize God's voice more and more. But here's what you need to know. You through the power of the Holy Spirit, have been empowered to hear from God yourself. God wants to speak to you and you get to have a relationship with God and you get to know God directly, one-on-one. -on -one. You're not supposed to go through someone else. God wants to speak to you directly. I get, I get to use my gift to, to help build up the church, but the only time you're supposed to hear is, is, is not from me. God wants to speak to you directly all this week. So through the Holy Spirit, we're all priests and we all get to hear from God and receive messages from God. Let's keep going. Next, we've been empowered to repent. 
God's spirit is called the Holy Spirit. And so if you've received the Holy Spirit, you now have a desire for holiness because God by his spirit inside of you is moving you towards holiness. So when you sin, when you fall, it breaks your heart. And God in that, in through that conviction, Jesus said that the spirit would come and convict us of sin and righteousness. So the Holy Spirit comes and convicts me of my sin. That's a good thing, by the way. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. When I feel convicted over my sin, that's proof that, that God as a good father is disciplining me as his child and, and his spirit is within me and moving me towards holiness. And as I'm convicted, it's God's spirit, that dynamite power inside of me that gives me the ability to turn from my sin. I can't do that on my own. No, it's God's spirit within me, moving me to turn from sin, to repent from sin. That's the biblical word, just to, to turn around, to go the opposite direction. God's spirit gives me the ability to see what I've done as sin and to turn from it. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit of in, the spirit of holiness inside of you that moves you and gives you a desire for holiness. And so when you're convicted by sin, don't run from that conviction. Embrace that and say, God, you're convicting me of my sin. I'm not going to excuse it. I'm not going to try to explain it. I I've sinned against you, God. Your spirit is telling me that. And so now help me to turn from my sin and begin to pursue holiness once again. So we're empowered to repent. Next, we're empowered to overcome. So many of us walk around so weak in our faith, but through God's spirit, you've been empowered to overcome. So whether it's a, a trial or, or, or suffering or a setback or some sort of fire that you're going through, or maybe it's depression that you battle with or anxiety that you, whatever it might be tonight, I want you to know through the power of the Holy Spirit, God has given you the power to overcome. Jesus said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. You have a power inside of you that enables you to overcome whatever it is that you're going through. And so tonight, I believe God wants to do a miracle in some of your lives as you ask the Holy Spirit to, to fill you and to empower you and to help you overcome whatever it is that's weighing you down or pushing you down or whatever it is that you've been struggling with or whatever anxiety that you've been struggling with, whatever setback you may have experienced, the Holy Spirit will fill you and empower you to overcome that situation. Next, we're empowered to heal. Many of us have gone through sufferings, people that have wronged us, people that have hurt us. And God's presence, the Holy Spirit inside of you gives you the ability to overcome and to receive healing. I've told you this before, but there was a girl that came to Raider Church all last year and at the end of the fall, she was raped, she was sexually abused and raped. And she told me she was graduating, she was leaving Raider Church, she was moving back home to Dallas. She had a job awaiting her. And she told me on the very last Raider Church of this spring semester, she came up to me in tears and she said, thank you so much through Jesus and this family that I've gotten to be a part of. 
She says, I feel like I'm, I'm leaving here just completely healed. And she said, I'm not scared to go back home. I'm not scared to walk into this next step. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit inside, had completely just healed her heart from those wounds, from those scars. She didn't do it, it wasn't her fault. Someone else had hurt her. Someone else, the devil used to try to take her out and destroy her. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, she overcame that suffering. And through the power of the Holy Spirit working in her heart, she received healing. You know, Peter said, in Acts 2, there was a man who had been born crippled and they were walking up to a time of prayer and they saw him and he was asking for money and Peter said, hey, silver or gold, I, I don't have, but what I have, I, I give to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And, and the guy got up and walked and a crowd came together and they were trying to figure out how did this happen? What, what's going on? And, and, and Peter said this, he said, complete healing is available in Jesus' name. Complete healing, head to toe, mentally, Physically, emotionally, spiritually, complete healing is available in Jesus' name because you've received his spirit inside of you. That powerful, dynamite-like spirit that can bring you healing. And then finally, we've been empowered to dream. You've been empowered to dream Peter said in Acts 2, and he stood up, he raised his voice, he addresses this crowd, he tells them they're the ones that, that, uh, that, that had crucified Jesus. And, and they, it all started because they were asking him, hey, what, what's going on here? All these people, are when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts 2, they're all asking, hey, what, what's going on here? How, how do we hear these people speaking to us in our native language? They don't, they don't know our language. How, how do we, how do we hear, all hear the same person talking, but we all hear it in our own language? And they thought they were being accused of being drunk. And, and Peter said, hey, listen, it's, it's only nine in the morning. We, can't, we haven't even started pre-gaming yet, okay? It's, uh, we're, not, we're not drunk. Um, and he's explaining to them, they, they've received the, the, the Holy Spirit. And he, he quotes from Joel who said this, that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, we, we would see dreams and we would have visions. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, God will plant new dreams and visions on your heart that will result in his glory and that will result in, in the building up of his church. So man, I wanna challenge you, if you're a follower of Jesus, man, pray and ask God, God, put the dream and the vision that you have for me, put that on my heart. Let me see that vision. Let me dream those dreams. Let me see those visions through the, the power of your Holy Spirit. Let me dream your dream for my life. I believe God has a dream for every single person here. I believe God has a vision that he wants every person in this room to see. You know, sometimes when I feel like God's leading me in a certain way or, or in a certain direction, especially if it's major, I, I, I'll feel like God will give me a dream and I'll, I'll see things literally when, when I'm sleeping, like when I'm dreaming and I'll, I'll see things and I'll feel like this is from you, God. And then I'll, I'll hear from other people and, and get confirmation for that. And I'll read in God's word and I'll get com confirmation for that. Sometimes I'll, I'll see a picture of something. 
And it's God giving me, a, through his spirit, just a vision of something. He's letting me see a picture of something. And I'll sense that, God, this is a, a word from you. You're giving me this vision. I'm seeing something. I, I feel like it's from, from you. That comes through the, the power of the spirit. One of the prophets, Joel, said that would happen. That in this new covenant, we would all receive God's spirit. And we would dream dreams. And, and we would see visions. And so tonight, maybe God has a vision or a dream that he's put on your heart. And I'm here to tell you, I just want to bring confirmation into that dream or, or, or into that vision and say, man, God's brought that into your life for your best, for your good, for the good of his church and for his glory. And so here, here's what we want you to see tonight. Being blessed isn't about what you have or you don't have. That can change in a second. It's about who is with you. It's about who is with you. In the garden, God walked with Adam and Eve and he talked with them. He was in relationship with them. God's desire was to, to be with his people, Israel. And so in the tabernacle and through the temple, God's presence would come down and, and he would dwell amongst his people. In Jesus, we see Jesus walking, talking on this earth, the, the son of God here amongst his people. And then Jesus said, listen, guys, it's better if I go because one is coming. The presence of God will come. The Holy Spirit will come and he will live inside of you. And it will literally be God with every single one of you. You know, they said about Jesus, the prophet said that his name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. When the angels came to Mary and said, Mary, this is all about to happen to you. They said, Mary, you are blessed. The angel said this to Mary. Mary, you are blessed and highly favored for God is with you. God is with you. And because God is with you, you are blessed and highly favored. Now, in the original language, what the angel was saying, the word picture there was literally God's holding your hand. That's what it meant to be with you in that original language and what the, the word that the angels used, it meant God with you, it meant to hold your hand. It, they, what they were saying was, God, Aunt Mary, you are blessed and highly favored because God is with you and others. He's literally, he's holding your hand. You're about to walk through the fire. You're about to walk through a storm, Mary. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. The circumstances are going to be rough. God's not gonna change the circumstances. No, you're gonna walk through them. But here's what you need to know, Mary. In spite of your circumstances, God is with you through it all. He's holding your hand through it all. And so Mary, even when you watch your son die on the cross, God is going to be with you. And so tonight, I want you to know you are blessed. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are blessed and highly favored because you have God's spirit if you're a follower of Jesus. And so God is with you. And whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're going through tomorrow, whatever you're going through next year, whatever you're going through when you graduate, God is with you. He's going to hold your hand through it.
And what's so incredible about God is that if you're here tonight and it hasn't been your heart to be with God, you've neglected him, you've turned away from him, you've sinned. God still wants to be with you. And you're here tonight to hear that God has been with you and he's going to continue to be with you. He's going to continue to pursue you and he's gonna hold your hand through it all. You know, a lot of times today, people don't wanna talk about the Holy Spirit. But when they do, and when we make that mistake, we'll talk about the Father, we, we talk about Jesus, we sing about Jesus. But when we don't talk about the Holy Spirit, we're leaving out the way that God speaks to us today, the way that God empowers us to this day, the way that God is literally with us right now in this moment, with every single one of you in this moment and speaking to every single one of you right now in this moment. We're, we're leaving that, we're leaving that aside. We're, we're forgetting that. And so tonight I feel like God just wants to remind you of the Holy Spirit. And if you've sensed that heart change inside of you and you've had those new desires, then you have the Holy Spirit and you've received a deposit that's guaranteeing. You don't have to wonder, you don't have to doubt, you can be 100% sure you have a spot in heaven and you're right with God because you've received the Holy Spirit. But if you would look at your life right now and say, hey, I'm not too sure that's been my life. I haven't seen that change in my life. I haven't seen those changes in my desires. I don't feel empowered to do any of those things. Like I, that's just none of this is me then I would tell you tonight, then you haven't given your life to Jesus. You may have been sprinkled or baptized or been in church or, or done whatever, but you haven't given your life to Jesus because Paul said in Ephesians 1, when you give your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. And so tonight may be your night to test yourself, as Paul would say, and see if you're really in the faith. Have I received God's Spirit? Is his spirit living inside of me? Has his spirit moving inside of me, changing me and giving me a desire to follow him? And if so, then your spot's guaranteed. And if not, then tonight is your night. Let's stand. Our team is gonna lead us in a time of worship. And tonight, I want you to know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you've been set free. And God wants to, Move in your heart tonight and change your heart and change your desires. And so tonight, let's just make it our prayer. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. So, so let's just make that our prayer even right now. God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Just take over my mind and, and my heart and, 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 and everything, God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Set us free tonight. Help us to overcome. God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you just bring healing, God, to those that need healing tonight? Would you bring just an overcoming, explosive kind of power, God, to those of us that are struggling tonight? God, would you give some of us the power, the boldness to go out and share about what Jesus has done for us this week? 
God, would you help us to see by the power of your Holy Spirit the way that you've gifted us so that we can serve your church and so that we can be a part of building up your church, God. But tonight, God, right now in this moment, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, would you change us from the inside out, God. Let our heart beat for the things that are on your heart, God. Give people dreams and visions tonight of, God, what you're calling them into and what's next for them, God. But tonight, Father, would you move by the power of the Holy Spirit, God. It's better, Jesus, Jesus you said it was better. It was better if you go because there was one coming that would bring comfort to us and would convict us and would fill us with the power to overcome and to be healed. And Jesus, we just proclaim that power and we believe in that power tonight. Holy Spirit, come and fill us and take over. In Jesus' name.